0: Hey, this is Adam Bly, the marketing guy at Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners and host of After the Paycheck, which is our series designed to take the confusion out of the countless retirement income options in today's world and put things into easy-to-understand language. In this episode, I speak with John Conley, who is an investment advisor rep, to discuss how financial advisors calculate a person's probability of success in retirement and what are some factors one should consider as they prepare to withdraw from their retirement accounts. Now, the type of people that I think would benefit from listening to this episode are if you have more than one retirement account. So if you have multiple IRAs, 401ks, uh, a Roth IRA, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, If you're unsure of how or when you should start Social Security benefits withdrawals to help maximize your income in retirement. Or if you're a do-it-yourselfer who doesn't understand the tax implicant, uh, implications and or growth opportunities of your income in retirement. So again, this episode of After the Paycheck is how financial advisors calculate probability of success. Enjoy. Welcome to After the Paycheck, the video series dedicated to helping people to and through their retirement process. Today, I am here with John Conley, partner and investment advisor, investment advisor, rep, investment advisor. How do we
1: investment advisor representative? What is what does that mean? It means I'm licensed to give advice on investments and so forth. And also, what it really means is that I'm a fiduciary, which means that I have to act on my client's best interest, which, you know, goes without saying in this day and age. But there are individuals who are not a fiduciary, so to say.
0: Gotcha. So, like, from a legal point of view, like, hey, you are a fiduciary and you do what's in the client's best interest. That is correct. Correct. Right. and partner here at Rubino and Link, Wealth Partners. I think I already mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sidetracked. A little, a little bit something new every day. I, I also introduce this as the video series. But uh, if you're watching the video right now, you'll notice that we're in a little bit of a different uh, room, the situation that we've kind of started to build here at Rubino and Link laying wealth partners uh and we're also moving into the podcast world one of the one of the biggest i don't want to say complaints but uh biggest pieces of feedback that we were getting after the paycheck was that i'd love to be able to listen to you in my car or wherever i'm going and i can't watch the videos uh, at all times so we're kind of taking that into consideration and you'll be able to find after the paycheck anywhere where you can get podcasts
1: yeah i mean most people want to educate themselves on you know at their leisure when it's um convenient for them so to say so i'm a big podcaster i guess i listen to a lot of podcasts in the car with the kids they hate it but (laughs) (laughs) but i do listen to podcasts we
0: want to be where the people are right don't force them to come to you we want (laughs) to be where you are so yeah so you know yeah now you can either find us at after or wherever you get your podcasts so let's move on to the actual topic at hand for this week's or this episode's uh situation which is uh, talking about probability of success and it's a term that financial advisors use when they're you know sitting down with somebody going over the portfolio but the idea to discuss this topic came from a concern that somebody had where they said I have you know four or five different retirement accounts how do I know which one I should be taking from and how much I should be taking from at a time so uh, before we get to like a little bit of the who should know, more about this can you Mm -hmm. define like a little bit more of the uh what did i just say it's probability probability of success of success
1: yeah so when we sit down with someone we go through their portfolio and we're looking at what they have we want to show them what their probability of success might look like down the road once they stop working and throughout their working years up until their life expectancy so to say so what we want to do is paint the picture okay if a couple a and b was on this path this is what they're saving this is when they want to retire this is what they have saved this is what they're projecting their income to be when they retire if they're fortunate enough to have Social Security or a pension their retirement income coming from their investments then we take a look at what taxes what inflation and what the their current portfolio might project to earn throughout these years and we showed them that if they didn't change anything and they stayed on this course of action, what is the probability of success? So I'll give you an example. Like, It might come back as 89% probability that you will not run out of money. Okay. So that will tell someone that they're they're on a healthy course. Um, 89%, I'm not too sure if I would get on a plane today if I only had an 89% chance of getting of to getting my there. destination. <laughs> yeah. So what that really means is, we can make some small tweaks um, to their portfolio to maybe get them to a much higher probability of success. And I think that kind of tied into what you were talking about, the individual with multiple accounts, where do I take money from and so forth. So if we don't take money from the right accounts or if we don't put some thought into it, and we take it from the wrong type of accounts or at the right wrong time, that could have a negative effect on the probability of success because okay. we're paying too much in taxes.
0: Okay. So you just discussed like one type of person that's going to be interested in, in following the rest of this episode is people that have multiple accounts uh, and aren't sure really where to start their withdrawal from or that how to figure out a strategy from where to withdraw from, which is really what this is about. It's really about the strategy, not picking and choosing which actual accounts in this episode, but... Discovering that strategy, yeah, so I call it the
1: extraction. Uh, you okay. go through your whole working year saving for for retirement, and you're contributing to your four hundred one k, your four hundred three b's, your retirement accounts. And all of a sudden, you stop working. You now have to make a distribution from that, which is a completely different mindset. And there's tax ramifications involved.
0: So let's let's go into an example of that. Let's say I am someone who's been saving in multiple. I've you know my, myself. Uh, it's thirty years from now. I have some old Uh, prior 401ks from old employees uh, from old jobs Um, I have my current 401k I have a small Roth and I have a savings account Um, I know I've done I think I've done like you said a great job saving because my mindset my entire life is put money away squirrel it away squirrel it away I get that last paycheck from my employer and now I need to turn around and say I gotta start taking money from one of these accounts Number 1 how do how do I actually start to do that and number 2 how do I know which is the best method of doing that which is the best account to start withdrawing from
1: well you want to take a get an assessment of everything you have okay and understand what's the tax ramification for each account that you have when you take withdrawals from it so in this example, someone who has multiple accounts, they might have an IRA. Yep. If we make a withdrawal from our IRA, we pay ordinary income taxes.
0: That's because it's a tax deferred account, right? That or, is correct. That's okay. because
1: you put money into this account. You haven't paid taxes on that money while it was growing or when it went in. So Uncle okay. Sam was kind enough to let you defer the tax. It's not tax-free, it's tax deferral. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Mass Pike, Uncle uh, Mass State, Highway doesn't say you pay the, the toll when you get on, you pay the toll when you get off, <laughs> which is very similar to the IRA. Okay. But then there's a Roth IRA, and Roth IRAs are after tax dollars that you contributed, and then they grow tax free, and okay. any withdrawal is tax free as long as you held the account for five years. Okay. And then we'll just throw in the, um, the non IRA, a brokerage account, or an individual or a joint account. That's after-tax money, and that money's growing. And any time we make withdrawals, we would have to pay taxes on the gains that we made, which is capital gains tax. Okay. So there's multiple different type of taxes that maybe your account you would have to pay on any type of withdrawal. So you just want to make sure you understand what the net effect is on that and what taxes are do on those withdrawals.
0: Okay. So it's not as easy as me as just saying, hey, I need $10,000 a month and just picking... Three grand from each account because that could really screw up my taxes my tax situation at the end of the year and then in reality i would have to then start taking out more money from each of these accounts right
1: correct so if you go into it haphazardly and you say i need um four thousand dollars a month from my my portfolio i'm just going to withdraw four thousand across the board so to say um that's not the most tax efficient manner of doing it you want to look at the effect of each account and uh, pick and choose which one. Cause if we take it from the all from the IRA, and we're paying ordinary income. We might be paying more taxes than we should, which means we have to dig deeper into that portfolio right. to net that dollar that we're looking for. So, you might want to look at the Roth. Or the pay capital gains tax, which could be potentially less than what the ordinary income tax is. Okay. So you just don't want to arbitrarily just go across the board and make a withdrawal. You want to have a distribution plan or an extraction plan, as I call it.
0: So getting into like the the paying of taxes, and you kind of already started to touch upon this about the – not the dangers, but like uh, the – Things you have to be aware of when you're t- extracting this money and understanding that oh you have to you might be paying more taxes here and there because if I'm thinking I have a million dollars between these accounts and I need you know ten thousand dollars so one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year um, in reality through taxes I have to take out more than one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, if you need if you had a million dollars and you needed one hundred twenty thousand dollars net. No, yeah, that's a 12% net return that you need to, to earn to get that 120000 okay. So what we would like to see, if you had a million dollars, let's just use a, maybe a little bit more of a realistic um, example of, I need 60000 from okay. that million dollars to live my life. Gotcha. So we need $6,000 net or $60,000 net which is a 6% rate of return. Okay. But we have to pay taxes on that money. Right. So it's not so simple as saying, I'm just going to take 6% on my money. Right. We have to maybe take, we have to take more than that because we have to pay Uncle Sam. I right. always say you have a silent partner in your 401Ks, your IRAs, or, or an extra beneficiary, and that beneficiary is Uncle Sam. So he wants his income, He income taxes. So you have to be cognizant of where the money's coming from and what the effect of those taxes are down the road. Because it makes your money have to work harder for you.
0: Are there times where, again, if I have various accounts where one might be performing way better? Because, again, they're not just like they, hey, okay, I'm starting to withdraw from them, so therefore they don't make any interest anymore. Like All these accounts are still in, hopefully, portfolios that are giving me some sort of rate of return. Correct. Um, if I notice one's doing, like, 12% and one's doing 4 uh, should I consider, oh, withdrawing more heavily more from one than the other? Or is there a situation where I might want to not touch either of them? If all of-
1: things were equal and taxes were equal, then you would want to take the money from the one that's earning the least amount of interest. Gotcha. So in that example, if I get something that's earning 12% and it's tax-free and I have another account that's earning 4% and that's tax-free and I need money, I'm going to take it from the thing that's earning 4% versus the
0: 12%. Okay. And that's, again, assuming that they're in the same type of account. Exactly. Right. Okay. So uh, is there a situation where, it, again, we're talking about all these different accounts. Would it be easier to consolidate them all into just one thing, into just one type of account? Or is that maybe sometimes a no-no? Because like we we're just saying, you might have one portfolio doing 12% and one doing four, but in the following years, it might switch. I don't...
1: You know, there's, there's the real answer, and then there's the, the reality, so to say. So... Could you take all your IRA money, cash it in, and put it into the the individual non-IRA account? You can. You'd have to pay all the taxes to make that happen. Okay. Could you take your IRA money and turn it into a Roth IRA, which is tax-free? Okay. You could, but you'd want to have a strategy. You want to go through the process of that Roth conversion of every year I'm going to take some money out of this IRA. I'm going to convert it to a, a Roth IRA, pay the taxes today so that that Roth IRA is growing tax-free for down the road. Okay, We do that when we feel like we have enough IRA money. We think we're going to be in a higher tax bracket down the road or we think taxes are going to go up, which I feel they are. So you want to maybe have a tax strategy of, hey, let's take some of this IRA money, pay the taxes today at my rate, versus down the road, which might be higher, convert it into something that's tax-free you can do that but you got to have a strategy okay you get you just can't take your ira money and put it into your non-ira you can <laughs> but you'd have to pay all the taxes in i'd make sure anyone who before they make any of those type of decisions they sit down and they talk with one or an accountant or a financial advisor to determine what's the tax ramification of such a such an action gotcha now
0: Going back to the scenario of, hey, I've been saving in all these various accounts for years. I'm 65. I'm starting to withdraw from certain accounts. And I'm waiting because I'm going to turn on my Social Security in a few years and get my full benefits. Sure. Uh, does that now then affect my tax situation? Like, is that income that gets counted towards my,
1: my actual income? Yeah. So when, you know, taking Social Security is um, a big Question mark that we get from people is when when is the right time to take it? When should I take it? And you know how much of my Social Security is taxed? You know okay. we get that all the time. Yeah, and you know Social Security is a tricky thing. So what happens is to determine how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed, what we do is we have to figure out what your provisional income is. Okay. The provisional income is your ordinary income, your tax free income, and half of your Social Security. So when we calculate that, we want to make sure that we understand what that provisional income number is. So let's use anything above 44,000. That means 85% of your social security is going to be taxed. Okay. So I think it's between 32,000 and 44,000 is taxed at 50%. And anything below 32,000 as a filing jointly, you don't pay any income taxes or none of that social security is going to be taxed. Okay. So now we're throwing another like provisional income and taxes and Social Security. So we want to make sure before we turn on Social Security, what type of income we have, where the income is coming from, and how much of our Social Security will be taxed, okay? Now that we know how much of the Social Security is going to be taxed, we have to determine at what rate. Okay. And that is the marginal income tax. Marginal just tells us at what rate of that social security is going to be taxed at it's not just your income bracket it's a different rate
0: okay it's if i'm starting to withdraw from certain accounts like i said leading up to social security can i then say oh now that i'm going to have this social security coming in i can actually kind of stop taking withdrawals from these other accounts or is it once you turn on that faucet you can't turn it off
1: no you can turn it on you can turn it off Um, okay if you're let's say you're, you're making withdrawals from your account because you've been waiting for social security to kick in Now all of a sudden you don't need as much money from your portfolio or from your savings. You can turn off that spigot, so to say, and turn on the, the social security income. We would make sure that we wanna before we turn anything on or off is understand what type of income we're getting and how that's how is that gonna affect our taxation of the social security. Right. Because the what we pay and how we pay determines on the type of income, how much of the income. So Oftentimes, someone says, ah, oh, you know, I think about taking uh, an extra $10,000 out of my IRA this year. I just want to kind of put it in the bank. And we say, well, let's think about that. Little. What is that? <laughs> what effect is that going to have on right. your taxation of your Social Security moving forward? So we just want to be, be smart about it, not do anything haphazardly, but make sure that we think things through and understand the net effect of everything.
0: With Social Security, isn't that like a... Like a faucet. Once you turn that on, you can't turn that off, right? That is correct. So Social Security is the, the, probably the one that once you start those Once we those turn it on, we
1: want to turn it on. Um, we right. want to make sure that we, we went through the process of understanding when we're going to turn Social Security on.
0: Okay. So now I'm, again, in this scenario, I'm 65. I'm now realizing after watching this episode that there's a lot of moving parts to this again you're talking the topic of this was probability of success how sitting down and actually making sure that we have certain you know growth going on at this various stages of each of our retirement um stages um if i wanted to do this myself what would be the first thing that you would recommend I, i do
1: i i would arm myself with um as much information as possible. Uh, it's not easy. So you have to understand and, and mistakes can be costly at this point in time. If you have large sums of money, uh, let's say you have a million dollars, a mistake can become costly. So you want to make sure that you to give yourself the best probability of success. You want to arm yourself with information. Make sure you talk to your accountant, seek guidance from other financial advisors or, or people that you trust and that you work with. Um, and then I would take courses. I would try to take some of these continuing education courses or, or go to a seminar that's being hosted by a financial firm that maybe you can learn and educate yourself on some of these topics that you can help yourself with. Okay. So to to recap everything kind of all together coming down
0: to it, it's understanding, again, I have if I have multiple uh, accounts, retirement accounts or different types of accounts, understanding what the ta- tax implications are for
1: each account. Correct
0: understanding that withdrawing from each account is going to affect my provisional income. Provisional
1: income, which is how much you pay, how much of your Social Security will be taxed, if any.
0: Okay, so that was my, yeah. So then going on to Social Security, when I'm ready to turn that on, understanding that that also may be taxed. So that also may affect how much I need to withdraw from those other accounts. That's correct. And then I need to also monitor how what the growth is for each of these types of accounts. If one's outperforming another, I need to just be aware of that.
1: Correct. When you start to make withdrawals, you want to make sure you understand where we should be taking the withdrawals from. Is it the accounts that are earning more versus the ones who aren't doing as well? Tax ramification of each account.
0: Okay. We, uh, this is overwhelming now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, so, if I, I guess the, the, the next question is, so where do a financial advisor, where do you come into play here? If I'm, if I'm getting overwhelmed with all this, I'm like, you know what, I, I can't do it myself now. Sure. Is there a point where it's either too early or too late to sit down with somebody to talk about this type of stuff?
1: No, I would never say it's too early or too late to sit down and seek guidance. But I would recommend someone sit down with a financial advisor, go through the free consultation that they offer, and have someone walk you through the process of where you are today, where are you on the right path, what changes do we need to make to get you on the right path. And, you know, it's like anything in life, like early detection is best. So if you're five to 10 years out from retirement and there's changes that we need to make to your situation, that gives us more time to make those changes, which will have much more of an impact for you in the long term. If we wait till the last minute and we're ready to walk up the door from our employer and we're not on the right path, we're not on the right path. We have less time to make those changes to fix it. So there, you might now have to maybe take on more risk or, what have you to kind of make up for lost time so you i think anywhere between five to ten years out from retirement or within those years in retirement we can help you out
0: that's probably my biggest that would be my biggest hesitation if i'm about five to ten years out and i meet with a financial advisor and they say like hey dude you only have like a 53 percent chance of of success uh in retirement because of the way that you're you're doing things is there ever a, a point where you're just like we can't help you man or like uh No, I mean... Hey, what were you thinking? Am am I going to be shunned? (laughs) No.
1: I mean, we we don't look at people. We don't judge people. What we want to do is help people. Okay. And um, if you had a 53% probability of success, we would then map out what you need to do to change that number to a higher success rate. And the more time we have to fix it, the better off we are. We understand when people walk into our office that they're nervous, that they're... They're coming in, they basically open up their books and say, this is what we've done for the last 50, 60 years of saving money for mm-hmm. our lifetime. Did we do a good job? We're not here to judge you if you did a good job or not. We're trying to tell you, are you on the right path? What tweaks do we need to make to make your portfolio more efficient? Okay. And Sometimes there's big changes. Sometimes there's small changes. Sometimes the situation is just you're, you're not maybe the ideal person for us because you're just not there yet. And what we can help you with is not what your problem is. So we'll guide you and steer you steer you to the people who can help you.
0: I think that's a great way to kind of wrap this up about how if you're if your concern is, you know, this that or the other thing and it's it's creating sitting down with a professional and creating that, that blueprint or that map or just understanding like, hey, here's a written retirement plan that's gonna actually help you know, if you're not at a good probability of success, help you get to that, that yeah. level.
1: I think Anyone who's unsure of what they have, how it works, and where they stand would benefit from sitting down with us for a consultation. Perfect.
0: And at that, I think we'll wrap things up. Again, John, thank you so much for for taking the time today. Always my
1: pleasure. I appreciate being here.
0: I, uh, that was uh, that was a lot for me to learn today. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions or if you have a topic that you'd like either uh, Sam, John, or Ryan to discuss on a future episode of After the Paycheck, head over to that website, www.afterthepaycheck.com, and submit a form at the bottom of that page. Until next time, take care. John Conley and Ryan Marston are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners, LLC, and Retirement Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance and annuities offered through licensed professionals of RNL Insurance Agency LLC, Mass Insurance License 1783398.